Dungeons and Dopamine. Ta-da! Hello, this is Bree. This is Jess. And this is episode 36 of Dungeons and, and Dopamine. Yeet. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeet. <laughs> I thought that was only used for throwing things. <laughs> That's now a celebration word. Oh. <laughs> I mean, just for me. I don't know if it is for anyone else. <laughs> I'm yeeting my joy into the world. Oh, I like it. Now now it's acceptable. Now so, I accept. Now our new tagline is yeet, yeet your joy. Yeet your joy. <gasps> yeet your joy about the world. Yes. Yeet your joy to the world. I love it. Connor's going to be so excited. I write these notes like yeet your joy. <laughs> and then by the time the episode airs, I'm so confused. <laughs> Do you think it's so? Obviously, I have an awful memory. We know this. You're just it, talking about it. It's been way worse for a couple of weeks because I've been non medicated. I don't even. Did I mention that to you? I am no, not. You do I am not. unmedicated right now, you guys. Um, <clears throat> I have been off my ADHD medications since the beginning of January. So, almost a month now. Just to figure out some of my other health stuff that's going on, I wanted to see what it was affecting. So my memory is even worse. And I think it's a part of the, I think part of it is because we record multiple episodes at once and it all blends together. And I remember like three funny things and it's probably like the three funny things that happen at the end of the recording session. And then two of them get cut. Yeah. We lost, like it's never happened and it's a fever dream. I'm like, wait, I swear I talked about that. So yeah, that's my excuse for my bad memory. It definitely hasn't been happening since I was like 12 or anything. <laughs> yeah, but you still remember all of the boys we liked in high school <laughs> and the code names we used for them. Yep. I am really good at names. That has always been a weird thing for me. I'm not good at anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about that. I'm gonna eat my joy at your face. <laughs> Perfect. I'm good at D&D. I remember true. where we left off and things that have happened in D&D. You're good at editing. Mm. And you kind of just like picked that up out of the blue with I like I still don't wrap my head around it. When you were sick a few weeks ago and oh. you weren't sure if you were going I was like I'll just do it I'll just say no <laughs> no there is no way that will be easier for Jessica yeah that was wild I um I felt sort of guilty because I messaged I felt horrible like like dying horrible <laughs> obviously I didn't go to the hospital or anything but <laughs> we don't do that I felt terrible and when I spoke, I sounded like really raspy, like I had laryngitis. Can you really... talk like that the rest of the episode, please? I can't because it sounds really creepy in my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really creepy out of your headphones, too, just FYI. Noted. <laughs> I assume it's how the cereal sounds in Akotar. Fair. Mm. 100% fair. <laughs> and um, I was 
so cranky because I didn't feel good and right. I was tired, but it was a sort of sick where you're like exhausted, but you can't sleep. Oh, that's the worst. You can't get comfortable. And, and I, I was okay with like eating and stuff. My throat didn't hurt, but I just felt bad, like mm-hmm. real bad. And so I messaged you, like you said, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get an episode out this week and I'm really sorry. And it was a holiday weekend, MLK. Yep. So I... I kept putting off editing because of the holiday and Mm -hmm. we had done a ton of work upstairs and we had gone to a hockey game and we were having like family time and then I was sick and now suddenly I was out of editing time. But the next day I didn't work because I felt really bad. Um, And about, I don't know, four or five o'clock, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm so sick of sitting here. I am so bored. I have to do something. I have to do something. And I couldn't sleep, like I said. So I sat down and managed to edit. And it actually made me feel good because I accomplished something. Mm-hmm. But also, I we make me laugh. <laughs> like, we shouldn't make me laugh. But I also edit on, like, 1.5 speed or <laughs> more, depending on how it goes. So right. like this. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. We do sound amazing. It's all sped up. And you cannot tell the difference between us. We're all sped up. We should add that as bonus content to the Patreon. I don't know how to make it like a thing. Yeah. Like how to record the re-edit in (laughs) hyperspeed. Um, Ryan can help As soon as we figure that out, we're going to add it to Patreon. Patreon. So if you want to hear Jessica and Brienne sound like chipmunks. (laughs) I can slow us down too. And make us sound like creepy old men. (laughs) Yes. More than we already do. (laughs) I know that's one of our selling points is that we often sound like creepy old men. Our creepy old man aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I'm getting there with my sweaters. (laughs) I'm turning into a bit of a Mr. Rogers at work. I like show up in my snow boots and my winter coat. And my hat and my gloves, put my sweater on and my house shoes. I'll only accept this if you are also singing, It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. (laughs) Maybe if I was at a different job. (laughs) 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 Although it would be an appropriate township song since I do literally work in the neighborhood I (laughs) live in. I'm going to do that tomorrow just to freak the girls out. Charming, lovely characters that... I can make some hand puppets. <laughs> Just really gonna go out with a bang you this last year. Quit. They're gonna <laughs> kick you out. They are going to eat you from the township. <laughs> Especially, I'm gonna go in on Monday and change the website's tagline to like, yeeting our joy through the neighborhood. Eat your joy to all who listen. <laughs> you know, to add a fun bit about. Um, township law I actually cannot be fired this year oh my gosh that's right you cannot be recalled your last year in office I remember you saying that so So. I could totally lose my mind and as long as I am still completing my statutory duties they can't do anything about it hand puppets baby (laughs) this could get fun (laughs) (laughs) um you should have the hand puppets talk to people that come in. <laughs> you should hide behind the desk. 
<laughs> the best part is they'll have to see me as I'm walking <laughs> to the desk. Put and a sheet <laughs> over your whole body to walk out. <laughs> and then I'll just duck oh. under. <laughs> I see nothing wrong no, with this. Unless I'm you don't record it. going to need to go on a thrift store search for <laughs> hand puppets. <laughs> I'm in. We should record this for Patreon. <laughs> you yes. doing this. Yes, I will. This will be the highest <laughs> tier of Patreon. <laughs> See Bree screw off at her township job for the last year of her term. Can you imagine someone's face? If they came in furious, <laughs> like, how dare you spend the money? And you're like, hello, sir. <laughs> It's a beautiful it's day so in the neighborhood. Great. <laughs> See you today. I would like to eat some joy your way. What can I do to help? <laughs> if somebody donates me hand puppets, I will totally do that for Patreon. <laughs> That's commitment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it seems to be a Viva skit. <laughs> Let's, let's get them on the phone. <laughs> Absolutely. And Zed. Yes. <laughs> Did you practice your zebra-ing? I'm going to do that at the township, too. <laughs> These are no longer horses. These are zebras. <laughs> Ma majestic zebras. Please keep your zebras out of the road. You have to clean up after your zebra if they do a poo-poo. <laughs> There is some zebra poo poo in the park. <laughs> Gonna need it cleaned up. <laughs> I need to eat it out of there real quick. <laughs> I would like any of our listeners to send me more ideas on how to really live it up my last 11 months here at the township. I would like our listeners to send us anything. True, true. Just like a sup. <laughs> Please just. Say hello to us. Please eat us some joy. <laughs> Please eat some joy our way. We got email and all the socials. All the socials. And the Patreon. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you can message us on Patreon. I think but we will pay attention if you donate a dollar to us. <laughs> Correct. Whatever, whatever you need to do, we will thank you a billion times. <laughs> Um, we have an email address, yeah. dungeonsdopamine at yahoo.com, which I, check. I don't check. Do you check I, I have it on my phone, oh, so I get right. alerted. Like, I get really excited because sometimes something will pop up and be like, hey, TikTok. And then it's like, you can watch Bob. You or... could have 70 followers if you <laughs> pay us $70. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like, Bob Smith and the dancy, dancy girl posted pictures i mean videos <laughs> and i'm like i don't even know him who's the dancy dancy girl <laughs> i'm past that part of tiktok <laughs> my algorithm is pretty much just sarah moss <laughs> same especially right now mm -hmm. also did you know you were about to say something <laughs> eat some information my way um <laughs> Do you know what the dog man in Michigan loves to read? I'm trying to think of a good dog pun, but I got <laughs> nothing. Um, controversial books. Mm. Actually, no. 
Jessica gave me the idea <laughs> that I should do controversial, controversial book topics. And I've decided to do that. And I have already decided this will be an ongoing topic, not like repeatedly every week. Because <laughs> there are many controversial books for many different reasons. And I have been looking for a way to talk about books that didn't either lead me down a fangirl, I'm just talking about random plots of books and why I love them, but also wasn't like, here's why book banning makes me irate. Can I interrupt for just a moment? No. <laughs> okay. I'll go sit in my corner. <laughs> Thank you. Italy. <laughs> we'll eat my joy over there. <laughs> so, I didn't just suggest this to you, but I suggested it with a, a whole story because I wanted you to understand what I was talking about. <laughs> so I said, <clears throat> have you ever thought of doing books that make the world go nuts? Like the book Bob's Bats was a huge controversy. <laughs> In 1929, because it talked about how bats deserve to drink blood. Um, it caused this and this to happen, and eventually people realized bats in disguise wrote the book, and the controversy <laughs> subsided. <laughs> and that was my whole story for today. Thanks for ruining it. <laughs> I felt like I needed to give you an example of what I meant by controversial book. <laughs> so that you didn't, or so that I didn't just think you wanted me to like re list off books or read here's the Catcher in the Rye. Or here's some banned <laughs> books and why they were banned. And I am actually starting with Catcher in the Rye, believe Woo! it or not. <laughs> I mean, boo. Right. But. <laughs> so, and you and I have talked about this before. We even have an episode called Better Than Catcher in the Rye, which I still believe we are. Again, mm -hmm. sorry, Mr. Kemp. And we believe, or I believe, we both hate this book because the main character is just like a spoiled, whiny brat that I don't care. I don't even care what he's talking about. I'm just so irritated by his personality. I can't get through the themes that Mr. Kemp claims are there. Um, but apparently it is a very dis divisive book. It does show up on the controversial book list, which is where I found it in the beginning. And if you, I guess I should start with, if you don't know what The Catcher in the Rye is, um, you should probably catch up because <laughs> like nearly every... You should catch uh, up in the rye. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> nearly every American that went to high school, I feel like, has been assigned this at some point. But it is a novel by J.D. Salinger. It was published sometime around like 1945-1951 and I did learn it was originally attended for adults. It was not supposed to be a young adult book similar to Sarah J. Maas obviously <laughs> but it and this is from Wikipedia says it is often read by adolescents for its themes of angst and alienation and as a critique of superficiality in society. The novel also deals with themes of innocence, identity, belonging, loss, connection, sex, and depression. The main character, Holden Caulfield, has become an icon for teenage rebellion. And in the book, Caulfield, nearly of age, I think he's like 19 in the book, gives his opinion on a wide variety of topics as he narrates his recent 
life events. Again, he was just a spoiled whiny brat that... This is why it should be filming, <laughs> recording us, as well as this. Jessica's just disgusted as I, I even talk about it. Appalled. Holding Caulfield is a spoiled brat. That's all <laughs> I can say. Oh, I'm done. And, and I, I did... I tried to reread this book as an adult, but... Apparently, people, some people love this book. It still has one million copies sold per year. It's probably so that they can burn it. <laughs> Sorry, not like in a book, a book burning, just because it's crap. <laughs> it is still taught in high school, and in some years, especially noted in 1981, it was both the most censored book in America and the most taught book in the second most taught book in public schools in the United States. So this has a long history of being controversial. Uh, I believe most people probably thought it was controversial because of the themes that I just mentioned and it being taught in high school even though it's supposed to be an adult book apparently. Um, I forgot in this book that he like has a prostitute come stay in his hotel room and then just complains to her the whole time until she finally leaves <laughs> which is hilarious but anyway she I had good taste <laughs> I found out while researching that there are additional controversies with Catcher in the Rye so I've talked about what Catcher in the Rye is there may be like one or two violent things in Catcher in the Rye I think he gets in a fight and then he has like a dream that he murders someone or something. But there are at least three murderers that have been associated with either referencing Catcher in the Rye or being obsessed with Catcher in the Rye, which is incredible to me. Not incredible like, yay, happy, but like, <laughs> why? So the first one, I honestly didn't even write these guys' names down because I don't they want don't to. Deserve it. Yeah. But this guy murdered the actress Rebecca Schaefer, the attempted assassination, assassination of Ronald Reagan, which, again, they, they both had other obsessions that tied to why he would go after the president instead of anyone else. But he had, he had strong links to Catcher in the Rye. And then the most well-known one is actually the murder of John Lennon. His killer was arrested with a copy of the book that, and he had written in it like to Calden, Holden Caulfield from Holden Caulfield, this is my statement. So he based his whole plan and murder <clears throat> based around that. this book. Right. Especially there's nothing in there, again, that would make me think. No. So. I mean, it's a terrible book. But, but it didn't make me want to murder anybody except for Holden Caulfield. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to hurt Mr. Kemp and he's going to make me read it. Right. And then at the end of this Wikipedia article about Catcher in the Rye, there was a quote from Harvey Solomon Brady. And he said, compared to other books lauded by other killers, the Catcher in the Rye stands out in its devastating ability to influence without explicit instruction. So again, this was a book that was not about murder. It was not about killing. It was not about revenge or anything along those lines. And at least three people took it to that extreme. So I started down a very, which ended up being a very short rabbit hole of other books that weren't 
true crime novels or kidnapping novels or murder how to, novels. How to murder your best friend <laughs> that you podcast host with. <laughs> <laughs> Joy with, right? Um, other books that may have caused violent acts or or violence that weren't about violence. And the I spent hours on this, and I only found two other examples. And they were also referenced by this Harvey Solomon Brady. But the first one is the um, 1984 by George Orwell, which is said to have been one of I'm going to say his name because everybody knows his name it's one of Lee Harvey Oswald's favorite books and he is obviously the killer of Kennedy, President Kennedy and um, again that book if you haven't read 1984 it's a terrifying novel and it's all about Big Brother and um, think speak and staying within the lines like the world has been taken over by the government and everybody's supposed to fall in line and you're not supposed to do anything outside the norm and I think they like take a pill every day that's supposed to keep them from having thoughts that are unusual or outside of this norm. I guess I can kind of see the stretch there going from reading that book, being obsessed with it and and the ideas of that book and then going after somebody that's in charge of the a greater part of the world. But it but it in itself was not a book about violence. It was not about, you know, going out to attack the the president. And but. it's so far from like our actual lives and, and how the world works. Especially back then. Back then it wasn't as big a deal. It was it was a basically a science fiction novel. And then the man who killed Versace? Giovanni Versace. Isn't that a whole movie or TV series or something? Uh, there's a couple of them, yeah. yeah. He was a very strange man. Um, he went on what they're calling a murder spree. There were four other men that were killed right around the same time. And he's not a serial killer. He's a spree killer because it all happened very quickly. He um, hates candy. He does. <laughs> it all happened very quickly in a short Sorry. time frame. <laughs> and he was actually found with an extensive collections of extensive collection of books by C.S. Lewis. <laughs> so And if you know who C.S. Lewis is, he's the writer of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Chronicles of Narnia, which we know kind of ha- now we know has kind of like a religious undertone. Again, was nothing about murdering people. And this man, it was a murder spree. He killed five people. His intentions were never figured out. He committed suicide before they could arrest him. And that's why these books come up, because when he committed suicide, he was on a boat that was not his. So the belongings that he had was were very few. And along or within those items was an extensive collection of C.S. Lewis books. That is so weird. <laughs> if I was going to guess a book that a murderer had, it would be The Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> <laughs> so, it wouldn't be that. Right. Most of the stories I found, they talked about, you know... American Psycho or books that obviously you could see how they would make someone do that or it was such obvious cases of like mental issues like The Queen of the Dam is mentioned a lot which is an Anne Rice vampire book Man, if I ever committed a murder, people would be astounded <laughs> by my book collection. They'd be like, I don't know, she just seemed like a big nerd <laughs> <laughs> She see all those D&D books? <laughs> Well, then it'd just go back to the satanic panic, right, and you're it. obviously possessed. I better not possessed. do murder. 
or else I mean that'll be the only problem if I do murder obviously (laughs) they would never tie this podcast to it either (laughs) they won't even listen to it maybe they'd Patreon (laughs) (laughs) they'd be like this is cute (laughs) and then the last one this one was a little bit strange to me so (laughs) the series it's called the foundation series by Isaac Asimov and it's basically just a kind of sci-fi fantasy series. It says the premise of the stories is that in the waning days of a future galactic empire, the mathematician Harry Selden spends his life developing a theory of psychohistory, a new and effective mathematic of soci- sociology. Using statistical laws of mass action, it can predict the future of large populations. Selden foresees the imminent fall of an empire which encompasses the entire Milky Way in a dark age lasting 30,000 years before a second empire arises. So, a very sci-fi... Like, Star Wars-ish, galactic empire, normal sci-fi book. But, um, Shoko Asahara, the founder of the Japanese doomsday cult, Om Shirinko was influenced by this series of novels. And this um, cult, this leader, actually went on to carry out the Tokyo subway sarin attacks in 1995. He was also found responsible for another attack. Um, It was revealed that Asahara was using this series of novels as a blueprint for his organization's plans. And then it goes on to say, the Foundation series is said to have inspired Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. Some people believe that they got the idea of creating a small group of rebels fighting against an evil empire from the books. What the But again, heck? what is so special about these? Like, um, Star Wars is all about fighting That's, against the yeah. evil empire and being a small revolutionary group. Why right. aren't they? Like, why is it this specific series that have, that has apparently convinced multiple people to not only commit atrocious acts but start cults over them very strange i am very uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) do you think the authors of these books thought yeah this is what i want people to get from it i hope i hope someone makes a cult someday (laughs) that'll be great um, that's my new hope for our podcast. <laughs> the dope heads. Rise, dope heads. Yeet your joy. <laughs> Get high on kindness. Yeet your joy. We're better than the plague. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to cult us. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> so I'll go back to books in the future um, and this is another chance for any of our listeners if you have any books that have a controversy that isn't one of your normal controversies I don't want to hear about how Sarah J Moss got banned from the school library because there's a sex scene in her books we know about that one I'd love to know if there's any like ghostwriters who have stirred up controversy because of who they are Ooh. That would be interesting. I mean, that might just be like a lifetime movie, but it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of on the same lines, uh, John Grissom is a very well-known author that a good percentage of his books are actually written by ghostwriters now. 
Really? So, how many people do you know that haven't read a book since high school? We're assigned all this reading and we do all this, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a great English teacher that assigns Hasn't these books. Hasn't listened to our podcast yet. <sighs> Someday. Maybe, maybe he secretly does listen. He just hasn't told us. <laughs> he won't comment because <laughs> it'll be rude. <laughs> He's like, well, I would comment, but all you ever do is trash catcher the ride. So, okay. Well, you remember I told you, and last week I proved why I was having a hard time with topics because everybody's lame. Because I want some hauntings, real not ones, not scientific ones. recorded <laughs> proof that it's not there. We're done with you, science. <laughs> over it <laughs> so there were some really cool things I wanted to talk about but I couldn't find them so I'm going to talk about something stupid. <laughs> it's not true this is a really cool topic Yay! I'm actually different. very excited about this I have a feeling my husband will be too so <laughs> Paris is a pretty big city people know about it I, yeah it's it's, it's in, up there. It's in France. What? I know. It's, <laughs> you know, like love and... Did you know that beneath Paris is one over 180 miles of catacombs, which are incredibly cool. <laughs> How big is Paris in general? That's a great question. Do you know that off the top of your head? Um, and you, but I don't really want to share. I think you should look it up. <laughs> I would have been so impressed <laughs> It'll if help you, you to learn it. If you look at it yourself. How many miles <laughs> is um, Paris? How many? Paris is oval-shaped, approximately nine miles east to west and six miles north-south, giving the city an area of 33.5 square miles, which is actually very similar to the size of a township, just so you know. Oh, well, there you go. That's a lot of miles of catacombs, considering. Considering, yeah. Well, in... So, let me tell you a little about the catacombs themselves. I'm going to get into some of the history, which is really weird for me because I don't care about history that much. Um, it's not, not usually a Jessica about topic. It, but usually it's not a, yeah, not a Jessica thing. But these are super cool. <laughs> so, originally, these were dug by the Romans, which is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And they were digging for limestone. And that's what they used to build Paris. A, a lot of the old buildings are still the limestone that they pulled out of the ground at that Holy time. Holy cow. So cool. The Romans. Romans. Wow. They dug these. So I told you over 180 miles. Um, less than half of a mile of these catacombs is open to the public now. Whoa. So I think the most notorious for people, if if they already know of the catacombs, they've become really popular in the last 10 years with like bloggers and vloggers and TikTok and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I think the most known part is the, not to be dramatic, but the boneyards. Mm-hmm. So as Paris grew as a city, it grew really fast. And of course, the more people that were there, the more people died. I mean, they just, that's the fact of life. They had to have somewhere to bury these people. They started burying them and were running out of space. Cemeteries were filling up and areas around the cemeteries were becoming like infested or what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, 
bad. The soil was bad because <laughs> of the dust. Sorry. <laughs> and yeah, infected. Infected. Or affected. Um, soil bad. Lots of bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, there is another word there, but I can't yeah, think of what it it's is. It's gone. Yeet. I have yeet in my head. <laughs> I have yeeted the word to find my joy. <laughs> and so it shall be. <laughs> um, so, anyway, the ground was even contaminated. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Dead bodies, contamination, soil bad. bad. <laughs> soil bad, no food, food. <laughs> Eat the dead. <laughs> Send him to the island. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long way to get to Italy. <laughs> no. That's why they had 160,000 deaths. <laughs> it's got to be close. <laughs> Paris oh. was just eating them. Over to Italy. <laughs> Rewriting history one time. You know, a news article will come out in three weeks that it turns out it's true. <laughs> they were like putting them in cannons and shooting them, <laughs> dropping them like from the airplanes. Show and Gonzo. <laughs> Get these dead bodies out of here. It'll be like. Poor records <laughs> denied the existence of this, but we now know. Okay. Paris grew. Many bodies, lots of dead, contamination. <laughs> Soil bad. Soil bad. Yeah. Many bodies. So at this point, they were actually burying them like two or three people per grave. And at the same time, they were... They were clearing out and reinforcing all of these catacombs. And we'll get into that later. <laughs> but they decided, we have a lot of empty space. You have a lot of bodies. Let's combine that. And so, weird enough, they decided to just pack these bodies into wagons at night and haul them to the catacombs oh and my throw God. them in. That's so creepy. It's so weird. I mean, what else do you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're... But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bring exactly. out your dead! <laughs> Bring out your dead! <laughs> Bring out your dead! Bring out your dead! Bring out your dead! So... They haul these bodies there. They put them in. Something that I thought was really weird is like, someone told me they were gonna dig up, you know, my grandma and move her bones. They'd be like, "What do you mean?" But in, at the time, Christianity was so rampant and abundant in Paris that they didn't really care. Once the um, the funeral was over, they knew that the soul had gone to heaven, and the body didn't matter. So it wasn't like they had any rituals or anything they needed. So they were fine. They, they were knew like, there sure. was a reason, and there were bones. Like, Grandma's bones. I don't care. <laughs> I don't need those anymore. <laughs> exactly. So nobody was worried about it. They did eventually realize that now that Grandma wasn't there, they didn't have a place to mourn her, memorialize visit. her, visit her. Um, <clears throat> so... 
when that happened, there was a catacomb inspector, and that is a job they had. I don't know <laughs> if they still have, but and he decided that he was going to create the stacking process for bones. Um, you, they use femurs and something else I can't remember. And they stack them into retaining walls, and then they put all the rest of the bones behind it. And when he did that, it created pathways and people could come and visit. And you should Google a picture. It's actually fascinating. I um, also need, science Bree needs to know what other bones they were using. <laughs> yes, yes, please, fine. I should have written it down. Um, but they were using these and they stacked them and put the rest of the bones behind them. And he actually even put up plaques and like memorial stones and grave decorations to honor the dead and he he went so far as to put up a display of minerals that can be found in the stones i love him i know <laughs> he and was then, like death is kind of creepy but also <laughs> science he also and this is something i would love to see and there's probably pictures i should look them up and see he created a almost museum style display of the deformities that they found in the bones that oh they holy exhumed. cow which would be so fascinating to know and these came from this period of time and this is a deformity that they were having. Yeah. And maybe why and how. And just the scientific knowledge he was probably helping to discover oh my back gosh, then. Yes. So super cool. One <laughs> crazy fact is that these bones are regularly restacked because if left to their own devices, they would shift and fall over. So <laughs> in my notes, I had like... How do you apply for that job? <laughs> and does do you have to prove like with Lincoln logs or something that you can, <laughs> you stack, can them? stack them? <laughs> it's like my new retirement job. I was gonna be a librarian, but, but since you need a master's bones. degree for that, I'm gonna go hang out in the Paris catacombs and stack some bones. <laughs> it's really cool if you see the picture. I mean, it is very morbid. If you're squeamish, it's a little rough. But if you kind of know the history, it takes a little bit of that away. There are 800 meters of corridors lined with these bones. It is between five and six million bodies. It's said that there are three times the amount of bodies below as above. <laughs> Holy cow. The other thing they did do was this area is enclosed from all the rest of the catacombs. It's treated very respectfully from what I can tell. It's, it's really interesting. So, you can tell I get excited. I don't know what it is about the catacombs, no, I but love they're this. really interesting. And I guess I had like a vague idea, and I and even part of me knew it was bones, and I don't know why I knew that. <laughs> My I mean, brain thought I knew, thought the whole thing was bones. Yeah. Is is there a post? Or, it, there's an Edgar Allan Poe story, right? Well, let me tell you about yes, quarries. Yes, keep talking. <laughs> well, you look that up. So, the quarries were really interesting. They obviously were began by the Romans digging out the limestone and they were kind of like big ditches. Like great, I mean, huge ditches. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they dug out all the limestone. As the medieval times approached, they actually had to go into the ground and start making tunnels because they had cleared out the limestone. Eventually, once they were like sort of stopped digging, 
these tunnels and these quarries started to cause erosion and sinking for homes. It would destroy homes because they would collapse underneath. Right. Sort of suck them down. So it was decided that these needed to be stabilized. They hired a bunch of people, which was great. It was great for their economy at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was a very dangerous and very physical job. Um, injuries were very common. They couldn't get them help fast enough. A lot of oh, people died right. because the hospital was so far that they couldn't get them there fast enough. If they could even get them out. Yes. And, exactly. Yeah. So... A group of monks knew that this was becoming a problem and knew some of the work was going on below their monastery, figuring, yeah, this is important. We don't want our monastery to sink <laughs> in the ground. Right. They actually opened their monastery as a hospital for these men that were working there. It is still a hospital to this day, and the entrance to the catacombs is still there. Really? Yes. You can, if you're... And I don't know if this is a public access one, but I watched a video of a man who had access. You can still see the torch marks on the ceiling from the workers' torches and the scratches across the ceiling from their tools. Oh my gosh. So cool. And what a piece of history. You go down you know, 70 feet or whatever and you're in another century. So cool. Hundreds of workers still died even with this hospital innovation but the surprising thing it wasn't always collapse or like their tools or accidents that caused death some people actually would get lost in the tunnels because they're so you get a straight tunnel but off that are shoots of crevices and offshoots of tunnels and it is very confusing and they all look the same yeah oh my gosh so they started drawing lines on the ceiling. You can still see those, really cool. Nowadays, you can actually, in some areas, see plaques on the walls telling you ro- road you'd be beneath. Oh my gosh. Which would be so cool. I would love that. Yeah, p- putting like your history that you're standing in with what's right above your head mm-hmm. that's going on right now. So cool. I don't know why this is so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) They are still constantly adding pillars. So much so that right now there is a well created down there specifically for water to mix cement so they can use it on the pillars. Because bringing those supplies down there is not easy. Fair. Probably not impossible, (laughs) but it's not easy. So, fun fact. During World War II, the... Nazi soldiers used a space in the catacombs beneath a school as a bomb shelter and also a secret space that they could be in and move around in without anyone knowing they were there. They added iron doors to the entrances. They ran electricity down there and I a video of a man who was able to gain access legally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Snuck in there. He's so sneaky. There were benches that had fallen apart. There were even bathrooms that they made down there. Oh, well, yeah. The really funny thing about that, less than one mile from where they were sheltering, the French opposition soldiers were sheltering. Really? Less than a mile from each other. (laughs) (laughs) You can almost, I don't know, you could almost like, walk into each other at that point just right 
moseying around. It's just wild. There is a rumor that there are still people living down there, that there are gangs and police who are literally only police in the tunnels. There are explorers who call themselves cataphiles who spend their time just mapping the catacombs. And they have actually, within the just few years, within just a few years, <laughs> they have discovered a 200-year-old brewery. What? So this would have been a brewery beneath a bar that was on the surface where they brewed their beer and stored it because it's cool yeah. and sort of damp and dark. And it was the perfect place to brew and store their alcohol. So cool. I mean, and it so, makes sense. Wine cellars. Yeah. Beer yeah, cellars. And it would have been free. Yeah. No one would have charged them for it because it was underground. And this is a time when Paris was growing and real estate was getting more and more expensive because it was more wanted. Mm -hmm. So it was a perfect solution for them. Um, to reach this brewery, though, <laughs> this is where the catacombs break my heart. Oh. Um, you have to crawl through a two-by-two two opening for five feet nope. on your tummy. <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> One really nope. interesting thing is that people who travel there have a whole art scene, like a graffiti art scene. It's so cool. Some of the art down there is incredible. Like, incredible. Not, not, forgive me, not just graffiti art, but like museum art really it's incredible and they i don't know how they did it but they would bring their supplies down and paint in there but apparently there's this whole underground art movement who was gonna not very many people get to see them. right <sighs> most of the entrances into the catacombs are completely sealed off or protected you have to be on certain tours or given certain accesses to get into them um, there are entrances that aren't supposed to be, that people have broken in. Aww. Um, and these are a lot of the ones that the cataphiles use. They take maps because it's so easy to get lost. There are spaces that you have to crawl through or contort yourself through. Some spaces are half filled with water. Sometimes you need scuba gear to get into certain oh places. Oh my gosh. And then, of course, being dark and windy, they're very disorienting. So people and then die. Sometimes there's just piles of bones. Yeah, yeah. No problem. <laughs> no problem. One thing I thought was incredibly cool is that the catacombs in ancient times were used and still used to this day to create aqueducts. They were originally created because the water was dirty at the surface. So what's really cool is that the water goes down through the earth and it stops at the clay level mm -hmm. of the earth. And all of that drains into this man-made catacomb aqueduct. And that water is safe for drinking. That's crazy. Still used today. It is also one of the first enclosed sewer systems. Um, Paris had a reputation at one point for being... The city you could smell before you could see, mm -hmm. um, which is a very popular thing about it. Um, and that was because people would use their refuse pots and then toss them out the window. One man said that 
The city was such that if you walked through with new boots, it would take one year of walking through all of that bacteria and stuff for the, it to eat through your boots. Oh, gross. <laughs> oh, man. But this, the sewer system was created hundreds of years ago, and it's still in place and working as it always has. That's incredible. If you ever get to visit, there are ruins beneath Notre Dame. They're Roman ruins. It's a town called Lutetia. You can still see roads from the second century and stairs. Oh, in the fourth and fifth centuries, the Romans came under siege and lost the city. So the temples were torn down and the Colosseums were torn down to create walls for fortification. So you can see where they did that. Oh my gosh. And then you can see when the Franks took over, so the people who it became France. The Franks came over and built a church, and the church is five feet away from the Roman buildings, mm-hmm. but they're 600 years apart from each other. So you're looking Holy at cow. a piece of history, and then when you look to your left, there's 600 years earlier a piece of history. It's so cool. That's incredible. <laughs> so now we need to figure out a way to get to Denver. Spend some time in Denver and then fly to Paris. And see the catacombs. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the really big parts that are easy to get to because you ain't getting me to crawl through nothing. Nah, (laughs) I'm out on that too. I want to talk about some of the the cool documented okay these aren't cool but some of the murders and things that happened <laughs> there were some cool murders some that great happened murders in love it they they read the catcher in the rye um <laughs> but i want to keep most of them for part two mm-hmm. just to like whet your appetite about it in 1793 there was a man who was a doorkeeper for the church there he disappeared one night after he went into the catacombs. No one knows why he entered the catacombs. He was found 11 years later. What? Obviously deceased. (laughs) They only were able to identify him because he still had a ring of the keys from the church on his belt. They buried him there, marked his grave with a really big headstone. I lied. He wasn't, he wasn't a doorkeeper for the church. He was a doorkeeper for the hospital. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. So, but he did have that key ring still hospital keys and he just disappeared no one knows why he went in like did he get did he wander off and get lost right or was he they they said that there was an exit a few feet from where he was found that he'd never seen oh because they're so tricky that's (sighs) that's like my okay it's not my worst fear but (laughs) there was this is completely off topic except not (laughs) I listened to it on a podcast. There, it was some guys that got lost in the wilderness, and they were found like a half mile from a fully stocked like guard, um, no, or like one not, of those outposts, yeah, buildings, yeah, that would have had supplies no. and heat and just all this stuff that would have completely saved them. And that's just such a trick of the world to me like you're so close to salvation and you still die of the elements or starvation or exposure or whatever oh it's the worst as far as the catacombs go it's such a cruel place because 
he was so close and never even knew. How would you? It's dark. It's right. dank. It's twisty and turny. And, and who knows how long he had been down uh, there right. since. <laughs> so that is my history. My basic history of the Paris catacombs. I watched several videos on this and did a little bit of reading. The videos are fascinating. I if you bet. feel like diving in, it looks so cool. Even the torch marks on the ceiling. That's incredible. Like, they're century old. be there that long. <laughs> yes. Just, um, so, the Edgar Allan Poe story is oh, yes. called The Cask of Amontillado. I almost... It is set in catacombs, but it is Italian cata- catacombs. Okay. It's actually the narrator's family catacombs. So I'm all hyped. I am going to interrupt myself, and next week will not be part two. It will be a Valentine's episode. I don't know what yet. And, and then I'm going back into the catacombs, I hope. I hope that it does not squash all of my dreams like the aisle. Same. Um, yeet your joy. This I Dungeons and Dopamine. Yeet your joy anywhere it's needed. <laughs> we will yeet you some dopamine. <laughs> you can listen to us anywhere you stream podcasts and on YouTube. Um, you can support us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Dungeons Dopamine. You should get on those social medias and find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Insta, and Reddit. We would love to hear from more people. Please. We're begging. <laughs> I'm not we just keep this. having to talk to each other. <laughs> I hate and her so much. As of going out going on 37 weeks now eventually we're gonna oh. run out of things to <laughs> i was talk like about. we've been friends for way more than 37 weeks nope <laughs> you thought I so i hated you until, <laughs> until the day weeks. we started the podcast that <laughs> not was even w- the practice day <laughs> <No>. it was <laughs> the day not even the pre-recording it was the day you released the first <laughs> podcast episode that was when I finally decided to like you. It's <laughs> the first time you've ever listened to anything I said. 30 years into our friendship, I was like, she is interesting. Friendship. I'm putting quotation marks around the word. Yeet your friendship and reach out to us on any of those socials, please, as well as Dungeons Dopamine at yahoo.com yahoo <laughs> that was beautiful we Thank made you. eye contact every <laughs> it only got a little creepy at that point <laughs> eat your eyes away from me I'm eating joy at you um I'm yeah. going to cut out the very first heat of the episode <laughs> and make it really confusing. <laughs> I hope so. You, um, yeah. So we, Dungeons yeah. and Dopamine is edited, thankfully. 
and published by Argyle Pigeon Productions. <laughs> Editing can only do so much. <laughs> That's why you still get the real us. <laughs> Sorry about your bad luck. <laughs> you signed up for this. <laughs> you keep coming back. <laughs> All right, thanks. We love you. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>